Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 288, the UFC Bantamweight Championship of the World on the line. The reigning, defending, undisputed, and don't you forget a champion, Al Jermaine Sterling, taking on the returning Henry, maybe soon to be quadruple C, Cejudo in our main event. Our co-main event is also five rounds, so I'm going to bill it up front, too, because the UFC is billing it up front. It has to be a title eliminator. It is Gilbert Burns. Take it on Bilal. Remember the name, Muhammad. Here on Fight IQ, I'm your host. Go by Sniper MMA. With me, as always, the analyst, the co-host, the important guys of the show, Joe, better known as Sun Tzu, and Chris, exclamation point. If you're watching on YouTube, you get the reference. Uh, Chris, you ready to go? You are cleaned up. I told you when I saw you, you were looking much less homeless. It's good. To yes, see I um, like I said, you know, I, I I took the pasta bowl out, put it over the head, snipped around, and voila, we have ourselves a haircut. Um, as far as this card goes, I, I I like it well enough, especially relative to the cards they've been putting out recently. We did lose two fights. We should say that off the top. So yeah. as you two said, Sean, we have actually a more manageable card now. Uh, 12 instead of 14. As long as we don't lose anymore, I think that's fine. And uh, I think we have some good spots, so looking forward to it. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost two really good fights. Um, I'll recap before I kick to Joe. Uh, Rafael Estevam uh, and Zlagas Jamagulov is off, and Daniel Santos, Johnny Munoz Jr. is going to be a really good fight and a good fight for DK. That is also off, so make sure they're not in your lineups. Um Speaking of lineups, Joe, wearing the DraftKings hat. Are you ready to go, Joe? I know you and me are going to be in the building. I'm excited to see you. Um, how are you? You, you ready for the card? Yeah, I mean, look, it took it took DraftKings a minute, but they finally got it right. I will be uh, a guest of DraftKings, which uh, is why I'm wearing the hat at the fights tomorrow night. Um, thank you, DraftKings. Um, hope to see some friends there. Uh I'll tell you, we actually lost three fights. I mean, the one fight that really bothers me the most, in all honesty, I don't care about these two fights. Um, I was really, really, really looking at Charles Oliveira plus 105 against Benil Dariush, and I just absolutely love that play. And to me, that's the biggest loss of the entire card. I know we've got we've got Burns and and Bilal, but that to me wasn't isn't nearly as compelling as as you know, Benny and, and Charles. So a little upset there, but look, it's, uh, it's going to be a good card. I, I hope that, um, you know, during the, what, three years off that Sudo's had that 
You know, he's actually got to see a woman naked maybe during those three years, one time at least. Um, so we'll see how that works. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. All right. Before we get into the card, a little bit of business to take care of. First, welcome to the YouTube and uh, to the YouTube comment crowd. Um, you guys are talking during fights. I'm watching the comments. I'll shout a few out. We'll have a little bit of fun here. So welcome. The guys who just commented already, you're the ones I'm going to mention. Uh, Elliot, Zero, the Invisible Man. Welcome, guys. Thanks for jumping in. If you're in chat, I know there's guys lurking. Welcome to you. We'll see you in there. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rotowire MMA, and anywhere you find you listen to your podcast, Rotowire MMA Fridays. The night before main event, we record focusing on DraftKings and in general podcast brought to you by Rotowire. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Let's get into the fights. Got a good one to start with. Claudio Ribeiro, 8,900. He's taking on Joseph Holmes. He's at 7,300 on DraftKings. Ribeiro, minus 170. The comeback on Holmes is plus 145. I still think it's a good fight um, to target. I have a pretty strong, I think it's going to be an important one for DraftKings too, but I'll save my take for the end. And Chris, we will start with you. Yeah, I, I, I like this fight a lot for DraftKings too. And um, Rivero, not really a guy, you know, you would expect to see at the UFC level. Kind of more. We have a couple Joe guys. Froze. We, have, we have a couple guys on this card. Right. You and, guys all froze. We all froze actually. <laughs> Oh, did we? All right. Yeah. Well, Joe's doing this move. Strike a pose. Yeah, I don't. This is this is my. I wonder when Sean is going to call me an idiot next pose. I, I save it for this. Well, if, if if you pick Joseph Holmes, you got like forty-five seconds. I know. Well, thankfully, I've dodged a bullet here because what I was going to say is that um, Holmes. I I probably don't dislike Holmes as much as you do, but what I would say about this fight is he works so slowly that I just think Riviera is going to swarm him and uh, probably knock him out. Um, you know, the uh, the Abdul Razak Al-Hassan wasn't a good fight for him because, you know, Al-Hassan hits just as hard, if not harder, and is a little more technical, and we saw what happened there. Uh, Joe Holmes can wrestle a little bit. We saw some good takedown defense from Riviera to Razak Al-Hassan, so not too worried about that, and... I think Holmes is just going to get overwhelmed, so I'm picking Ribeiro and probably by knocking. Joe? Yeah, so I think it's very – we have to distinguish between a good fight and, and a fight important for DraftKings. Right. This is not a good fight. I mean, these both, neither one of these guys are good. Neither one of these guys are UFC caliber. I mean, come it's on. It's good in that it should end in violence. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, like violence. I mean, the, the best thing about one of these fighters is their first name, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, a, a guy who loses to Jamie Pickett, I mean, please. Um, and then you've got Ribeiro who, um, you know, scored 12.7 DraftKings points in the two rounds that he lasted in his last fight, um, at 8.9 K. How do you trust that? Unfortunately, uh, again, and maybe you have the numbers in front of you, Sean, the inside the distance line on this fight is pretty good, which is why this is Damn a DraftKings show. If this was a betting show, we could probably skip over this fight or, I mean, I'm sure the the does not go the distance is pretty juiced. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how you get comfortable with the bet, but like in DraftKings, you know, you've got a, a, a fight with a high inside the distance probability, um, and you got to have some exposure. I mean, none of neither one of these guys makes sense individually when you're building lineups. Like they're both 
they're both very inferior fighters. But what you have to do is you have to look at the fact that one of them is likely going to get a finish, which means you probably need exposure to both. And minus four fifty, by the way. What is it? Four. Minus four fifty. Yeah. Under so, one and a under one and a half is minus one thirty. Yeah. So Holmes at seven point three k, you know, definitely offers some value. I, I don't know that, um, you know, again, either one of these guys has even got the cardio. Um, probably Holmes has got better the better cardio of the two. So. If Ribeiro doesn't get it done early, I could see Holmes getting it done late. So, unfortunately, um, as bad as these two fighters are, this fight could end up being very important for DraftKings. So, I have to make a pick. <laughs> um, you know, my pick is violence. I, I say, you know, put these guys in lineups um, simply because of the inside-the-distance prop. I guess if you're asking me for a pick, I'll, I guess I'll go with the guy that's got three fights in the UFC and I'll take Joseph Holmes. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go the other way. Cause I do have a bet. I like in this fight. I think Ribeiro is much better of the two. I do choose violence and just Ribeiro inside the distance is minus minus one thirty. I don't, I'm, I'm yeah. toying with, with making that play. Uh, Ribeiro is cause I don't think it's going to go into a decision to who's going to win. I like Ribeiro and not picking a guy to win by knockout. At eight under nine thousand on this slate, when you got Chaos Williams at ninety five and Mavzar at ninety four, some little five six hundred dollar discount seems pretty tasty to me. So I do like Ribeiro as well, but I don't disagree with Holmes uh, in terms of a GPP play because that inside the distance number is bananas, and you're not playing either one of these guys in cash games because there is the argument for a double stack in cash this week, and two thirds of your lineup is gone. Um, By the way, I think we all froze again. FYI. Uh, That's unfortunate. I didn't. I think we're good. Okay. Well, I mean, I just saw I saw everybody go circles on the oh, screen. Oh, did you? Maybe you're freezing up only, Joe. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I probably have have at least the second best internet of the three of us on this pod. Oh, so. well, look who's, look who's bragging. Uh-huh. Uh, second best out, out of three? I don't know that that's bragging. Well, uh, okay. you know. Right, back like- on track. I like Ribeiro. Yeah, who, who, whose internet's terrible, guys? Go comment. I don't know, probably. Mine. Next fight up, we got <laughs> we got to talk about Ikram Ala uh, Aliskarov. Aliaskarov? Mm. Ikram, Ikram's ninety one hundred. He's taking on Phil Hawes. He's seventy one hundred. Uh, line on this fight? Oh no, I I got I got sucked into the Ribeiro inside the distance. Uh, why did I have it closed? Good thing I'm an expert staller. Ikram minus one ninety. Phil Hawes plus 165. Joe, you're up first for this fight. Okay, so um, this is Askarov versus um, – I'm sorry. This is Askarov versus Hawes, right? Yes. Alice Garrett. So, okay, so this is a Khabib-trained fighter. <laughs> this is a Habib-trained fighter, um, you know, versus Phil Hawes. Um, it, it's really interesting because I heard someone say, and, and I'd be really interested to get – your collective take on this, that that D1 wrestling trumps Dagestani wrestling. I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't know that I totally buy into that. Um, you know, Hawes is, is an athletic freak. I mean, he's got power in his hands. He's an ex, he's a D1 wrestler. I mean, he's got everything but the ability to, to you know, the fact that he's, you know, horizontally challenged. Um, you know, that's the big issue with Hawes. I think Haas is going to be popular. 
at 7.1. 7.1K, right? I think Haas is going to be really popular yep. at 7.1K. Um, you know, going against a Habib-trained fighter, I, I do not know whether Habib is actually going to be in the corner or not. Um, he's got, and, and someone maybe in chat now, if Nan is listening, you know, Nan is the smartest guy that I know. Um, maybe Nan can can kind of give us the statistic of um, when Khabib is in the corner, um, what his fighters' records are, because it is incredibly high percentage when Khabib is in the corner. So I think Haas is going to be popular on DraftKings. I say you place, you get some shares of him at 7.1K, but, you know, for a pick, and this is especially if Habib is going to be in the corner. Um, I'm going with the I'm going with the favorite. As my I like Ikram as well. Uh, to your point about the wrestling, I would say it kind of over wrestling for wrestling. It depends who the competitors are. I don't, I don't see a difference either way. Oh, that's a cop out. You got to pick one. No, is it, but, is D1 no, wrestling. Here's the difference. Here, here, here's the difference in terms of take that. I think the Dagestanis, because that wrestling and Sambo, when they get taken down, they know how to get the fuck back up. D1 wrestlers, you put a D1 wrestler on their back, a lot of them look lost. So if you're making me pick between the two, I'll take the Dagestanis because they are a little more versatile on the me ground too. in terms me of the, in, in the other background. But in terms of straight takedown for takedown, then it comes down to strength and it, then it's even. The difference That's, is when they get down. For Dagestani, let's, let's see what Chris has to say. So I I take Sean's point. I think that's a good point. But what I would also say is that I think the Dagestanis are better control grapplers once you're on the ground. I think the better shot wrestlers and takedowns are the American wrestlers. Because we even see it with Khabib. His accuracy rate wasn't anything special. It was like 45% or something. He, but well, the, way they get them, the, the way they get them is, um, you know, being persistent about it and being up against the cage. So that would be my take there. Um, I am going to be counted among people who really like Phil Hawes in this spot. Um, Alex Garoff, for those people who don't know, the one loss on his record is accounted for by a hellacious knockout from our friend Hamza Chimaev. Uh, counter uppercut, uh, just absolutely dead at him. One of, one of the scarier knockouts I've seen, actually. Um, and I think the reason that happens is because his defense is, is very less than perfect. When he jabs, he doesn't always bring his jab back. And Phil Hawes is That's, very fast. That was really a nice way to say shitty. <laughs> there is well, and and Hawes is defense also not perfect. I won't say shit again, but um, very fast, very powerful, and we have to say, one hundred percent takedown defense rate in the octagon. Now you can say he's never faced a wrestler like this, etc., etc., etc. I get it. However. He didn't seem all that great with his takedown game in the contender series either. I think it was like the third or fourth shot that finally took. And with Phil Hawes, that might be a couple too many. As far as a Khabib trained fighter, I mean, David Zawada David's armbarred one. So I don't know what that necessarily has to do with anything except to say yeah, that. So find the one fighter that, that where Khabib was in the corner that lost. Well, not well, no, not one. Okay, um, uh, Leo Santos knocked out another one. We can keep going. Or was it Andrew, was it Adriano Martinez? I always get them confused. But anyway, um, so that's I think Phil Hawes is great value here. I think look, say what you want about the Ron win. He's too small for the division, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I really like the way um, Hawes looked in that fight. I like the way he was really mixing things up, using elbows 
on the inside, I thought, really well. That could come in handy here. I think that leg is going to be healed. It's been at least six months, right, since the uh, Roman Delice fight. And I like him here, especially against a guy who I don't think, again, is is a particularly great shot wrestler and a guy who's never been taken down. I got to go with Phil here. So give me uh, – I'm going to hype the no hype and take Phil Hawes. Next fight up, let's talk Parker Porter. 8,600, take it on Braxton Smith at 7,600. A line on this fight, Porter's at minus 175, Braxton Smith at plus 145. Um, I had a really strong take on this week earlier, really strong take on this fight earlier in the week. And it's still, I, Braxton Smith is was one of my favorite underdogs in the card, and I still like him a little bit. Parker Porter is just recently back from a trip to the Shadow Realm. Like, he got knocked the fuck out two months ago. And it was it was a good knockout. I like I was making jokes like did he see a dead relative recently? And like in the knockout means you know he's really anxious to go back and see him again because Braxton Smith is gonna come forward and throw heat. And Parker Porter shows up in shape, recently got his BJJ black belt. I'm going, man, if if he Parker Porter has to survive the early flurry from Braxton Smith and get and get a takedown. And if he does, he can win. I just don't think he does. And I was I was more confident in that earlier in the week. I'm still gonna have plenty of Porter and uh, plenty of Smith as one of my favorite GPP underdogs on the board because I do think he can get the 60 second bonus and break the slate as a dog. But I'm gonna have more Porter than I originally intended because he does look good. He's got the wrestling upside, and it also helped out those fights we lost. I don't have to play as much Johnny Munoz, Daniel Santos, and some of those guys. I can move some of that ownership I was planning to. Um, to the Parker Porter side. So I still like Braxton Smith, but I'm not as confident as I was like three days ago. Uh, Chris, you're first for this fight. Yeah, so I understand heavyweight is bad and low-level heavyweight is even worse. It's and, it, it, and, it, it, and that being said, wait, wait. That being said, considering what you just said, just remember, guys, Greg Hardy's still working at a Walmart. Right, that's true. I, well, and get, getting exactly what he deserves, in fact. But um, – Yep, but, but he's terrible, clearly. But, uh, like, the, the, I, the, the reason I prefaced like that was because, like, I, I get what heavyweight is, but I still can't pick um, Braxton to win a fight at this level. I mean, the guy, it's a wonder he doesn't hurt something when he throws his punches. That's how wide and, and reckless oh, they are. Oh, he does uh, hurt stuff. He does well, hurt Well, no, he hurts stuff on other, on other people, sure. But I, I'm surprised he didn't. He doesn't pull muscles, I guess is what I should say. And um, look, that could absolutely, and Sean, you mentioned it, the, a bad knockout just coming off it is not the best when you're facing a, a big guy who's just going to throw heat. But a guy that's so sloppy, I can't pick him. I mean, obviously it's not the same because we're talking about vastly different weight classes, but it reminds me of Trevor Peak. Even though Trevor Peak won that fight, I don't feel bad for not picking him. I'll probably never pick that guy because he's just not I, – I, I, I just can't. He's throwing hammer fists to try to knock people out and I just can't deal with it. And, and Braxton's just going to throw from, I was going to say his hip, but maybe more like his ankle and try to knock people out. I want to see, Bra- see Braxton Smith versus Alexi Olenek in a boxing match. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. Well, no, like we need to do jujitsu and then we can see it. But, uh, well, you might yeah, not be able to no, take no. him down. He might just be a fire hydrant. I mean, the guy's body shape is, is kind of crazy. No, I, it, that's true. But, but um, it's like trying to choke Volkanovski, no neck. Yeah, exactly. But even so, like, 
I gotta, I gotta just uh, trust Porter to be a little bit more composed. Let Smith burn through his gas in a round, a round and a half, and then get this done. Like uh, he could obviously be knocked out. You obviously need to have shares of him. I can't pick him to win a fight. I'm very sorry. My pick is Parker Porter. Wow. Um, I don't want either one of these fighters. I I really don't. Um, Parker Porter comes back. But you need both. Yeah, exactly. Less than three months after a really bad knockout. Um, That's a bad look. Um, Again, this is is like the first fight of the night. It's not a fight where you really want either one of these fighters, but it's a fight that you have to use in DraftKings because it's got a very high inside-the-distance prop. You know, like if you were going to pick two fights – that we're going to end inside the distance. Um, it would be, it would likely be this fight and uh, the first fight of the night, right? They both have really high inside the distance preps. So despite the fact that you want neither one of these guys and anyone who would be foolish enough to play any of these four fighters in cash, I, I would check their arms for needle marks. But, you know, this is not like, this is a pure GPP fight. You want to have. I keep landing on Brad. What? What was that? I keep landing on Braxton, and I go. Uh, well, I keep know, landing on gonna, Braxton. Well, on my bills. And you're going to land on Braxton because he's he's cheaper. I mean, it's right. just he's going to work better in bills. But like, what I would do is like, I don't even know if I want to build hand build lineups with these guys. I might just go use the opt the LL and the optimizer and just like dictate certain percentages of these guys that I want and see what comes out because yeah. I really you know. I find it offensive that I actually have to put these guys by hand into lineups. That's how bad they are. So I'll take Parker Porter, but again, I don't want either one of these guys. The only reason I'm playing them is because of DraftKings. And I don't know if there's even like, if your parlay doesn't go with this fight, doesn't go with the first fight, uh, that doesn't even get you to even, right? I mean, I guess we'll have to look at it, but um, you know, anyway, I'll, I'll give me Parker Porter, but. This is a DraftKings GPP play. All right, next fight up. Let's talk Marina Rodriguez, 8,500, taking on Vina Jendihova at 7,700. Line on this fight. Marina's minus 130. Vina's plus 110. A little bit of line value here on Vina uh, at just plus 110 and 7,700. Doesn't really matter, though, in this case because there's no mid-range. The mid-range was all the fights that got canceled and then the two... And then the two, the main and the co-main are all jam- where the mid-range. So the, the line value doesn't, it's not as impactful uh, as it could have been. But that being said, I'm still tick- I'm still picking um, Marina. I think Vierna needs a takedown. I think we all know Vierna needs a takedown. And it's just, we're just picking, can, can she get it? Eileen, no. If you lean yes, then take Vierna. And I don't think you're crazy. It is the epitome of striker versus grappler. And we're just... Who's going to get a takedown? I think it's the fight is that simple. And I'll give me Marina, uh, Joe. Yeah, I'm. I am strongly on the other side here. I uh, I like, and I think by the way, I think Jenny Roba is going to be extremely popular. Um, a lot of the uh, other pods have been picking her um, to win, um, pretty much unanimously. I mean, I think there's been a few outliers who are on Marina, which is why I think that. Um, Jandrobe is going to be. Uh, yeah, I'm an outlier. What? Yeah, you could be an outlier. Um, yeah, I'm an well, outlier. Well, here's the thing: like Marina is not a great DraftKings play either. Like you know, she she doesn't she tends no, not to score much. Yeah. 
when she wins. Um, I, I love the line value. I, I think the line value is more significant than Sean believes it to be. I like the line value. I would not be surprised if this line actually went off at even um, by the time we get to the fight, just because of all the buzz that Yen Rope is getting um, at, at even, then maybe you want to take a flyer on, on Marina, but as a bet, not as a DraftKings play. That's what's great about DraftKings is the value doesn't change um, in terms of the salary. So you're already getting her at a pretty decent salary. The line value can improve, but the value is 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 inherent to what the salary was when the lines came out. And these lines were out. If, I, I think if you guys realize these lines were actually out on Saturday of last week. You know, these lines were out for this for this card. So they released the lines very early. So I like Yan Roby here. I, I like her not only for the DraftKings line value. I like her to actually win the fight outright. And I also think she has a pretty solid floor. This is about as must of a play in cash as you could ever get. Chris, you got... So now I have a dilemma because I love uh, Jan Droba too, but I don't like to be on the side of um, the populace. So maybe I'll have to change it. Uh, no, I, I actually I actually do like uh, Jan Droba quite a bit. And I like her because, like, look, she's not any kind of great striker, but she's not Mackenzie Dern either. Like, you can tell she's trying to get better. She bounces around. <laughs> she faints. She kind of throws something that looks like a one-two. And the one thing I will say about her that is actually very good, unlike uh, fighters we'll see later, like Crone Gracie, who uh, with these jiu-jitsu specialists, she actually has a decent wrestling game. It's not great. It's okay. It's better than a lot of the pure jiu-jitsu uh, people that we see in um, in the UFC. And one thing I would say about uh, Marina, like it's difficult to take her down. It can be. She was in a lot of trouble when she did get to the ground against Mackenzie Dern. She had to survive wow. both of those rounds. Number two is she has a tendency to overswing and fall into the clinch. And I think that's really going to help Verna here. So, um, I think Verna's just going to put on the pressure. I don't think uh, Rodriguez can stave it off forever. Maybe the first round goes poorly. Maybe Verna takes control after that. Either way, my pick is Jen Diroba. Let's go to the next fight. We're talking the most expensive fighter on the slate. Chaos Williams, he's 9,500, taken on Rolando Badoya, UFC newcomer at 6,700. Uh, Chaos is minus 345. Bedoya is plus 285. Um, I'm struggling with, look, we got to keep it tight for time. I'm usually the big component of that. We're running a little over. It's fine. So I don't want to overdo things, but I, I need to try and express to you how bad I think Rolando Bedoya is. Um I'll keep it short. He sucks. Can I compare these I don't, to a I don't think he's day. good. At oh, all. I thought you were gonna break out something. He's he's yeah, I could have. He's he's not good. If 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 he wins, it's more it's a real indictment against Chaos Williams. I think Chaos wins. It's a matter of the price here. I will say this: despite the odds, I believe Chaos Williams to be a better GPP play than Mavzar Evloyev. That's taking into consideration what I believe the ownership will be and potential upside. I think. We're going to. I think people are going to lose sight of uh, chaos because of the Evloy, the Evloyev late opponent switch. So take that for what it's worth. Um, Chris, you're first. Yeah, um, maybe like a semi hot take. Then I'm not sure because I expect him to win, 
but he fights so slowly. I'm not paying 9400 for him a lot. I think that 9500. What? Not, yeah, exactly. Th- thank you, Joe. And look, he's got an opponent who's going to come after him here, so that could help him with the counter shots. But he he fights slowly enough, enough to get behind on on cards too. We've seen it before where he's had to pull out third round knockouts. And this, this fight, by the way, same under one and a half prop as the as the opening fight minus one thirty, which to me is not is should not be correct because it's just he fights so slowly that if he doesn't get a first round knockout. You are cooked on the on the on the price there. It just he just doesn't throw any volume, and he's he might let the opponent get ahead of him on points before he finds the perfect counter shot. I don't know. I don't really want to chance it. I mean, I think that it might just be unless he gives you unless he gives you the the unless he gives you the first minute bonus, which he could. Um, it could just be one and done after like two minutes, in which case he gets what a hundred and one, which is fine. For cash, uh, I'm just not that into it. I, I think he wins the fight. He's not one of my major uh, DFS plays today. So yeah, I'm and, gonna and be I'm looking with you, Chris. I think Elo has got a a higher uh, a, a, a higher floor, um, yeah. especially in cash. Um, and I kind of like Elo more in cash. I, I am with oh, cash. Yes. cash um, you know, because of that point that you made, you kind of stole my thunder there. Um, you know, the shot at getting that one minute bonus, right? You know, that, that would put him, you know, that would solidly, you know, put him up there, which would be kind of nice at 125, right? Which, again, might not be a slate breaker with some of these fights we have, you know, when you have two round, two five round fights. Um, but you're right. You're really going to have tongue in cheek if this fight goes into the second round um, because he's a low volume fighter, because there's not going to be any grappling points. Um, you know, you're going to have to need, you're going to need multiple knockdowns. And honestly, I don't see multiple knockdowns happening in this fight. And unless it's the other guy knocking down chaos, right. Um, which again, I don't necessarily see happening, but, uh, yeah, you really do need an early finish for this to pay off, which is why I do see it more as a GPP play, but I, obviously I'm picking, I'm picking chaos. I mean, the UFC is setting them up here. I mean, how many grapplers? As Chaos Williams fought. <laughs> mm. I mean, you they know, know it's a Yeah. So this is a setup right, fight. Let's now. move on. Let's speaking of grappler, Devin Clark. He's an underdog. 7,200. He's taken on Kennedy and Jaquu at 9,000 line on this fight. Kennedy's minus 176. Clark is plus 151. Uh, I think Kennedy does get the job done here, but there's a lot of live dogs in this card, and I think. Devin Clark is one of them. Joe, we were at a fight where we were like thinking, okay, this guy's gonna finish Clark and, and he can't there's no way he can stand with them. And Devin Clark just took Mike Williams up against the cage and bullied the shit out of him for three rounds. I don't think he'll do that to Kennedy, but I've seen it before and I've been very wrong. Not to, you know, obviously the level of MMA between Kennedy and Jaquil and and um the name I just had and Mike Rodriguez is 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 different. But Rodriguez is a good striker. And if Kennedy can't keep distance, get enough respect to keep distance, Clark's really live here. Um, I actually like this fight a lot for GPPs because I think either Kennedy's going to hurt Clark and get a finish, or Clark is going to wrestle fuck him and at 7,200 will be an under-owned dog. 
who I think is more alive than people are giving him credit for. So I like Kennedy, but I like this fight overall. Um, yeah. Uh, Joe, who you got? Yeah. So is Clark going to be Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? I mean, he looked really good against the Iron Turtle. Um, you know, that was not a performance that anyone expected. I think there's some recency bias in Clark's buzz as a potential dog here. I mean, Kennedy, I think, has most of the advantages. I mean, size not being, you know, not to mention size, reach, athleticism. I mean, you know, he's been training at Fortis. I think that's a good camp for him. Um, you know, I'm going to pick Kennedy here. I, I understand why off of Clark's last performance, he's, you know, considered a live dog and I'll have shares of him. And I do think this is a good fight for G, you know, for GPPs. Um, but you know, ask me who, to, who I'm picking to win. I'm going to pick Kennedy. Chris. So I actually love Kennedy in this spot and it's because I've already seen him win this fight twice. He beat Danilo Marquez and he beat Ian Kutalaba. Uh, Danilo Marquez, a, way better submission grappler than Devin Clark, Ian Kutulaba, a better wrestler than Devin Clark. And he beat both Ooh, of them. I don't agree with that second one. Well, Ian Kutulaba out, literally out-wrestled Devin Clark, so how can you tell me no? They fought each other. Pure wrestling. I have to go rewatch that. I, I think that I still think – I have to go watch. I have to go rewatch that then. Okay. I don't remember that fight. I believe you, but on the surface, I would I – would, Think Devin Devin Clark's a better wrestler, maybe not grappler, but a better pure wrestler. Maybe like a better pure wrestler, but I guess MMA wrestling, then you'd call it. Uh, I don't know because the thing about Devin Clark is, and I like Devin Clark. I mean, if for light heavyweight wrestlers are key, especially athletic ones. Um, but the thing about Devin Clark is, one, he gets hurt all the time. Two, in the cage, I mean, and two, he's not a finisher. Literally, one finish that finisher, William Knight. There's only one in the UFC in uh, 15, 15 fights. So he's going to have to keep after and after and after. And uh, Njukwe is not going to rest. Even when he gets taken down, he's going to get back up. He's going to get back up. He's going to get back up as he's always done. He's a very different fighter now than he was when he let Paul Craig hang, hang around and, and gave him a submission. He's more aggressive now. When he gets you hurt, he finishes you. Um, I really like the direction he's going in. Wasn't the biggest fan of him when he first came in. Thought he was way too passive. Thought he think he's worked on that. Been a lot better about that lately. And um, I just can't trust Devin Clark to do his thing for 15 minutes. So, uh, and I and I think this can happen even earlier than it would because, as I say, Devin Clark tends to get hurt quite a bit. So I'm taking Kennedy, and uh, I like it. All right, let's move on to the featured prelim, and it's going to be fun. It's Drew Dober, 9,200, taken on Matt Steamroller Frivola at 7,000. Uh, line on this fight, Dober's minus 220, Frivola plus 185. Looking up, Violence is at minus 260 and into the distance. That seems low to me. Um, look, I wish I had to go scour uh, Frivola's. Twitter because last time before the Azatar fight, yeah, I was right. begging him to grapple. And he was like, No, I'm gonna stand and bang. And I was like, That's a bad idea. And he won the fight because he can stand and bang. But I think I still think and I maintain the easier path to victory more often would have been wrestling him. And that's the same thing here. We've seen Drew Dober hurt time and time again, survive, finish people. 
Drew Dober can crack. I've I've made a lot of money on people underestimating Drew Dober. He is really good. I, I'm I was actually surprised he he's getting the res, the respect here as the big favorite. I kind of expected this to be closer to a pick'em. I actually think the line's probably a little wide because I think they're gonna end up just swinging and banging until one man falls and think Favola is perfectly perfectly live in that type of fight. I wish Favola would wrestle. I just don't think he's going. You telling me Favola's got a wrestling game plan? I probably bet him in this spot, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're standing trade. I think Do- Dober is the better technical striker, so I got to go with Dober. This is one though I would touch in cash game, super volatile, and GPP is another one to kind of load up on. No more. There, there's a couple we can kind of we can skate by in GPPs. Um, this ain't one of them though. This should be a lot of fun. Ultimately, I'll end up uh, give me uh, Dober, but fun fight. Chris, who you got? Well, I got I got to take Favola just because of what you mentioned. I think the line is way too wide. I think Favola really showed us something in that Ottman fight where he can he can. I mean, I don't want him to do it too often, but he can stand in the pocket, and we don't have to worry that his head is just going to come off. And not only that, he can land the big shot. He can land the big counter shot. And Drew Dober, as you said, gets hit, gets hurt. As you also said, can be wrestled. So those two things together, and it's not like Favola never wrestles. He should do it more often. But it's not like he never does it. So um, yes. So I, I I really have to go for Vola here. Yes, he can send um, uh, Dobrik can send him to land a win and ghost. But um, for Vola can do too many things, conducive to good scoring on DraftKings. Plus, I trust him more in the pocket than I would have a few months ago. Uh, that might be recency bias or whatever, but um, I was so convinced he was going to get his head taken off. It had to shape my opinion in some way. So. I'm taking Frivola here. This is going to be a really fun fight. One of the ones I am looking for before the main card. And uh, at both sides, but uh, my bet is Frivola. I love, love, love Dober here. I think he's going to nuke Frivola. I don't think it matters whether Frivola, Frivola wrestles or not. I mean, this is just a, a, diff- this is a different class for Frivola. The hometown up. guy, I Joe. Everyone's going to be Dober. really excited to see him. Yeah, well, I I love Dober in this spot. I think this it's probably one of his easier fights that he's had in a while. I don't care what game plan for Vola comes. I'd be very shocked if Dober not only wins this fight, but if that Dober doesn't dominate this fight. Um, I like Dober in all formats. I like him in cash. I like him in GPPs. Um, I like him to roll here, pun intended. Um, so... Give me all of the Dober I could fit. Um, I like him everywhere. I like him in Rainmaker. I like him in DFS. Um, you know, I, I like him to win by finish um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, you know, give me all the Dober I can get. I will have shares, obviously, of Frivola. Um, but I don't know what the market's going to be. I'll likely be underweight. But I will have some shares. But I really love Dober in this spot. All right. I got to take a weird pause here. For a commercial break, if you're listening to the Roto Iron MMA podcast presented by Fight IQ, we'll be right back for more UFC 288. Okay, everybody on YouTube, you saw my really white, awkward dancing. We can now move on to the main card. As I'm so glad you remember it. I, I thought I was worried you wouldn't. What bills? Glad so yeah. to, to pay uh, some bills. I don't know what bills because they ain't paying us enough or anything. Take that, Jake. Take that. <laughs> You think Jake's listening to this? And it's going to be like, dude, you can't say shit like that. 
I think I think he's off. I think he's off today, so you're safe. But uh, otherwise, hey, Roto, what Jake? If you're listening to this, at any point you listen to this, shoot me a message. I just 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 testing something, and nobody help him. Nobody help him. Yeah, All right, so let's when, talk. When Rotowire goes public, um, your IPO allocation just got cut, Sean. Yeah. So, FYI. Give it to me. That's all right. Damn. Charles Air Jordan, 8,700, taking on Kron, the ice cream man, Gracie. I didn't know they served ice cream in a flat earth, but here we are. He's 7,500. Uh, line on this fight. Oh, and make sure. Not go back here. Fight. I opened up the last props in the last fight. Uh, Jordan minus 170. Kron plus 145. Um, I think that's some violence here, too. Kron has not fought in three years. Jordan always brings the action. It's it's pretty simple. I think either Kron's going to find a takedown or he's going to go to sleep. It's It seems that simple to me. I am leaning on the side of... Cron Gracie and the underdog because I, I think Jordan finds himself on his back way too often. The awful takedown defense. I think he's so aggressive he can fall into weird spots. And I think that's that you know one takedown should be all it takes here. Um, that being said, I'm definitely not fading Jordan because he could put Cron to sleep. But if you you know we have to make picks here because apparently this is a pick podcast and it's in addition to DFS, I will go with the ice cream flat earther. Uh, Joe, who you got? So. Gracie was one of the last fighters to weigh in, whatever that's worth. Also, Gracie has not only been gone for three years, he's been like like living somewhere remotely, like farming quinoa or something like that. Like, I don't know that, you know, the whole the whole thought process is, well, you know, Gracie's been gone for three years. He's been working on his striking, right? He's been getting better as a mixed martial artist. Unless someone can show me definitive proof of that, I have. I'm. I'm going to assume he hasn't, um, and he's just been kind of living in a, you know, a shack. You know, you know, again, growing quinoa. Um, I'm going to take the more the, the fighter who's been more active. I understand that there's an issue if um, he gets this fighter to the ground, but like, I don't think you know. I think that was a highly diminished Cub Swanson that actually beat Gracie. And I think Jordan is, look, I don't think Jordan's a world beater. And I don't know that Jordan is going to be any better than he currently is today. But I think the Jordan, the Jordan of today is as good as the Cub Swanson is three years ago. So I can certainly, for that reason, I'm going to pick Jordan. But obviously you want to have some shares of Gracie. There is a defined path to victory. Um, Jordan is not, does not have the best takedown defense. So there's a lot of risk. Um, I see this as a GPP fight. I'll take shares of both sides. I'll probably be at market. Um, but picking a winner, I'm going to pick Jordan. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I think you have to pick Jordan and then just fill in for DFS where appropriate. Um, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. It, it, no takedown defense, but Crone Gracie's not a wrestler. And that's the problem. The, the submission he got um, – the submission he got off of Caceres was a, a tie-up kickoff against the fence, which he could do here too, I guess. But it's like I can't rely on that when it was all. It's, it's like how I I never picked Mackenzie Thurn. It was burning me for a while because her takedown accuracy rate is like literally six percent. And now as she gets higher up, it's burning her because she can't consistently get fights to the ground. And by time she does, it's too late. I think it could be a similar thing here. Um, Jordan obviously miles above on the feet 
and I don't think he's like a dead fish on the ground. He's obviously not going to submit Crone Gracie, but I don't think that once this fight gets to the floor, it's just over. I think his jujitsu is fine, at least enough to defend for a little while. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I can't trust the guy who we haven't seen in three years. And the last time we saw him, he was trading huge shots with Cubs Swanson and really getting messed up. I can't trust that guy. I actually think Jordan knocks him out. That's the path I would take. This fight is probably going to finish in some regard or another. I think it's going to be um, the kickboxer and um, the better overall mixed martial artist, actually. So I'm taking Charles Jordan. All right, let's go to the next fight. We have Mavzar Evloyev, 9,400, taking on Diego Lopez, taking the fight on five days' notice since Bryce Mitchell's back and shoulder or whatever it was is purple. He's not going to fight, as it turns out, shockingly. Um, Mavzar is a giant favorite. The line right now is minus 900. Minus a thousand in some places. Come back on Lopez plus six hundred. Mavzar's a grappler. Play him in cash, or you're an idiot. Um, GPP. I can see you getting underweight for because he's so expensive and everyone's going to own him. A little bit of game theory, but I don't know how cute you want to get uh, Mavzar here. Ask the play. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. Chris, who you got? Yeah, Mavzar. Um... Lopez, uh, you want you wanted to pick Lopez. I know you did. I you know I this was one because. One thing that I, I really hate when somebody's fighting a wrestler is guys who spend too much time off their back working their guard, and, and that's going to be Lopes. He's going he's gonna to try to play jujitsu here, and it's either going to get him subbed or it's going to get him control timed or it's going to get him rinse and repeat takedown. Um, I, I just I don't like him at all in this matchup. I think, I think the, the, the short notice would have been bad enough, but then I think it's also a particularly bad matchup for him. Hits pretty hard, uh, can do some decent body work, but – like, I don't think he had anything for Mavsar here. I'm I probably won't be underweight in GPPs either. I, if if other people won't go there, I will. Uh, I like him a lot. He will be my guy over Chaos Williams in that price bracket for sure. I'm taking Mavsar. Now, uh, Joe, last week, thankfully my single entry did, did well, but I I was dead in GPPs because I didn't play any Russian Ronda. Is Diego Lopez going to Russian Rondas? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, here is the problem with, you know, what happened here. Um, in cash, unless someone's, you know, been under a rock or is just not a good DraftKings player, um, this, this fight's going to be, it's going to be a wash. Elo's going to be a wash. So it's going to come down to your other fighters in your lineup. And, and that's what you really need to focus on, right? Like, so if you assume that any intelligent player is going to play Elo in cash, Make sure that you build your lineup, you know, with the idea that, you know, this fight's going to be a wash no matter what he scores. Now, for GPPs, I think there are really only two ways to play this. I mean, you pretty much have to hit all in, right, or be very underweight to the market because otherwise, again, he's going to be so highly owned. How are you going to differentiate yourself? You're going to differentiate yourself by either being over the market, which again, depending on how many lineups you play, is essentially an all-in play, you know, or you have to be under the market. So for GPPs, you know, you've got to pick one way. I don't think being at market is going to, is going to give you any advantages at all. Um, and if market is 60, then you have to play more than 60 or you have to play less than 60. 
right? I think that's the only way that you're going to get any leverage at all playing ELO. So I love ELO in this spot. I mean, I honestly How wish How much less that, do I have to play? Because I have a number. I, no, I don't know. I, I wish that the original matchup was still on the table because, you know, the, the ownership wouldn't be where it is. Um, so anyway, give, give me ELO. Chris? Chris already went, sir. I already went. Really? I thought, what the, uh, you want to talk about this fight more? Can we move on? Yeah. I do. I, I do because I, 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 I want Joe to I want Joe to answer me if my forty percent of Voya is is less. No, forty percent is too little. Well, no, I I I. No, if he wants to go under, you say. I have two options. You're saying you got to go, go under or over. You got to go under. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think forty percent is under enough. Not under enough. That. I don't think That's so. Like, like, if those are my two options. I choose under because I I almost never play more, more than sixty percent of anybody. Like it's the max I'll go. You know, I know like Marley, you know, big Marley. Like if he likes someone, you know, he'll plug them. He'll plug them into a hundred lineups. You know, like Marley. Yeah. Marley will play that way on occasion. Now, I don't know that he's doing this here. I, I don't have any inside knowledge, but I know that that's how. Like he, he'll do that. He'll just plug someone in that he really feels strongly about and say. And go okay. I'm going to go all in on this guy, right? So yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think you really need to get different if you're gonna if you like if you like all of you play them over market. If you want to differentiate yourself, you you go twenty percent, twenty five percent maybe. Ooh boy, yeah maybe. All right, let's talk about Jessica Andraj, eighty eight hundred taking on Jan Jaunan at seventy four hundred. Andraj. Minus 187. Come back on Jan. Plus 162. Um, Andraj just took a loss to the future champion of the world, Aaron Blanchfield. Um, and everyone seems to be hopping off her. I know Jan's look good, but I, I think this is a bounce back spot here for um, Andraj. I, I'm fine mixing Jan in, and you can consider her in cash, I guess, because I don't think Andraj is going to finish her necessarily. I don't love this fight for drafts because I'm, I'm not as high on Jan as everybody else is. So give me Andraj. Joe. Yeah, look, I mean, Erin Blanchfield, I, I mean, I've been scouting her since she was in Invicta. Um, I, I actually picked her to win in that fight. I did not expect Andraj to look that bad. Now, there's some rumor that she might have had an injury going into that fight, and she took the fight anyway. Um, you know, this is a pretty quick bounce back. Um, I'm assuming she's healthy. Um, I also like, I, I, you know, I like that Jan, and again, there's several Chinese fighters that trained at Alpha Male, Stung Yidong, um, who had who looked really good, um, better than I thought he would uh, against Ricky Simone. Um, I'm assuming that Jan is getting better here. Um, and she's got a pretty impressive record as it stands. Um, I think there's some real line value. I think there's some real value in Jan. I'm going to be playing her um, quite a bit in... Um, you know, in GPPs, I also think she's got a pretty good floor in cash, and she's cheaper than Jan Roba. Um, I picked for Rotowire, um, you know, earlier in the week on Josh to win. I'll stay with that pick. Um, I also have a, an interesting parlay, which I'm going to give out at the end of the show, uh, that I that has Andraj winning by finish. Um, so I'm going to go with Andraj here, but. Would I be surprised if Jan looks really good and even potentially wins? No. So I'll, I'll pick Andrade. Um, it's not my strongest. I don't, I don't feel strongly about it, which is odd because she's 
a pretty significant favorite and she's a killer. Um, but I think you play on draws, you play her in GPPs, um, you, you mix in some Jan. Um, I would not be surprised if, if Jan looked really good in this fight. Right, clearly everybody is gone now. So no, I'm just kidding. Chris, you got, um, yeah, no, I actually, I'm not, not only am I, um, forecasting a return of Andrade, but a return of wrestling Andrade. I Ooh. think we see Andrade's use of wrestling again here. Um, can't forget what Carlos Barza did to Yan Xiaonan on the ground. Uh, and, uh, Andrade used to be, her game used to just be take you down, beat you up. That, that was one of her defining performances against Carlos Esparza. Well, not Carlos Esparza, I'm sorry. Um... Oh, she's retired now. Godelia, Claudia Godelia. That was one of her defining performances. Uh, take you down, beat you up. I think we're going to see a lot more of that here. I think the pressure is going to pay dividends as Shannon um, tries to skirt the outside and look for her shots. I think um, Andrade is going to find herself playing the bully way more effectively here uh, than she has recently. I like her a lot in this spot. Uh, she's going to be in a lot of my GPPs and the cash games. I'm going Jessica Andrade. Anytime, anytime you can uh, get her for under 9000 on as a favorite, I think it's a good day. So uh, uh, give me Andrade. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't show you all this. So hair is almost combed. <laughs> almost? Almost, Almost. Well, because I because he because I got that sort of compliment, I will show this uh, to Joe too. Alan is Alan is a good dude. <laughs> Alan Central Coast. Alan lives in one of the best places in the country, Central Coast, California. I'm not going to Alan. Don't worry, I'm not going to give away your city. Yeah, um, let's but, not like, Alan, 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 Joe, Central Coast, California, beautiful, beautiful country, and he was such a good dude. He actually sent me some coffee. He went to Hawaii. And he sent me some coffee from Hawaii, which was really cool. For those of you that don't know, Hawaii has some of the best coffee in the world. So um, Alan's a good dude. And Alan, I got your I got your DM. Good luck this weekend as well. This is a lot of vagueness. I don't know what's happening. So let's just uh, let's move on here. Right, let's talk co-main event. Gilbert Burns, 8,200, taking on Bilal Muhammad at 8,000 line on this fight right now. Gilbert's minus 123. Bilal is plus 103. Uh, look, I think in general, I think it's a good fight. Uh, I, I, it's, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do an oxymoron type thing here. I, I think Bilal is somewhat overrated at this point, but I think this is a good matchup for him in that I don't think Gilbert's going to be able to take Bilal down. And on the feet, I think Gilbert's a little bit too wild if that's what he's got to rely on. And I think Bilal will be able to box and touch him up. That's kind of how I think this is going to play out. Uh, I'm not. It's hard to feel super confident about the co-mate or main. That's why they're all pick and fights and super fun. Uh, you make me pick, make, take a pick here, though. I'm going to go with Bilal. It is five rounds. So both the main and co-main, you have to consider the stack. I think I'd prefer the stack in the main. I'm toying with a double stack. I'm kind of no, this, this. Do not double stack. Where else could you go in the uh, mid range, Joe? Well, you get I mean, five. You get you get you get five rounds of action. This fight is 
minus where is it over four and a half rounds is minus one the ball Gil, gilbert fight could be very low scoring in aggregate true you better be confident in your other picks and there's yeah. there's enough walkiness on this card where i can get a five round floor i'm going to consider it i'm not 100 doing it but i have you have to consider a five round floor on this card with so many live dogs my opinion honestly i don't uh, like either fighter in cash personally but I would probably I mean, prefer that. Feeling, I'm trying to pick a side here. Time, so I'll be quiet yeah. until it's my turn. Yeah, I'll I'll go. I will go with Bilal in this one, and that's a weird thing to say because I think he's gotten a bit overhyped at this point. Uh, Chris, who you got? It's funny because we agree on the pick, but we sort of disagree on on the perception of the fighters. I was actually kind of bummed that I thought Bilal was going to be a a bigger dog here coming in on the short notice. Not as dominant a fighter as Gilbert Burns, who tears yeah, through he's, everybody. He's, he's, we agree. He's hyped up. He's overhyped at this point. Burns has fought, fought way better competition. Right. Right. Well, okay. But, yeah, I guess he has. But, the, I mean, the reason I'm – yeah, so I guess we do agree. But what I was trying to say is that, um, like, yeah, I, yeah, because I saw the, the line. I was like, wait, why is this so close? But um, – the reason I'm picking uh, Bilal is because uh, pretty simple, and there's a touch of this coming up later for me. But can you remember the last person Bilal, uh, Gilbert Burns beat that he couldn't out grapple? It may have been just Jason Sago when he knocked out Jason Sago in 2008, or no, it wasn't that long ago, but it was a long time ago. Um, I just don't see how he wins if he can't out grapple his opponent. Um, Kamara Usman beat him with a jab, literally just a jab, and um, he was able to kind of get over on Hazmat, but that's because Hazmat is wild and not particularly good at defense. Um, I love the, the leg kicks here from uh, Bilal. I think they're going to pay dividends. I love that it's a five-round, and, and Bilal is going to be able to use his cardio. And if Gilbert Burns can't hoss you around, I don't think he beats you as a high-level fighter. So I have to take uh, Bilal Muhammad. I like that you just said him around. I like yeah. that. I like that expression. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so I'm going to take Burns. I mean, I, I do wish this was a three-round fight and not a five-round fight. I don't understand, uh, other than the fact that they're trying, they were trying to replace Benny versus Charles, yeah. why this had to be a five-round fight. I thought a three-round fight definitely favored Burns. I think the five-round fight favors Muhammad a little bit. But I think Burns title, could title eliminators you're into, by the way. Yeah, I think Burns. I think Burns could potentially get it done in three rounds. Um, I would get very nervous if I was on Burns in this fight. Got into a fourth round, um, but I'm going to take Burns here. I just think he's he's the, he's the more superior fighter pretty much everywhere. Um, I, I like Burns. Um, obviously, was very impressed with him surviving versus um, Shemaev. Um, that was a pretty impressive loss, um, but. I like Burns here. I really do think that um, there's been a bit of, look, Muhammad's a very likable guy. Um, I think there's been some hype, but I think the comp quality competition and I think the better all-around fighter is Burns. So I'll I'll take Burns here. All right, guys. It's time to talk about the main event of the evening. Aljamain Sterling, 8,100. Take it on Henry Cejudo at 8,100. It is a dead pick'em fight on DraftKings because it is a dead pick'em fight Although, actually, since the last time I looked, lines moved a little bit. Henry Cejudo's a small favorite, pretty much across mm. the board. Minus 120 to even money, 
minus 115, minus 105. That's a peck of minus 120, minus 105, depending. I'm ready to go different lines of different books. Minus 125, plus 100. You can get plus money on Algernon Sterling in a couple different places. So take that for what it's worth. I, look, I've gone back and forth in this fight multiple times all week. I'm back on Henry Cejudo, but that could change by the hour. Um, look, great fight. It's It adds an extra layer of difficulty because you don't know what version of Henry Cejudo is going to show up. Is it the one we got who left? Uh, Aljamain Sterling has looked great, but he's been knocked out before. He's knocked out by a guy right before this this current stretch. Marlon Marais can't win a fight. Just just cannot win a fight. Um, and he's got to finish over Aljamain Sterling. Now, granted, it was that head kick, that knee head kick deal, but I don't know. It, I've gone back and forth on, on, on this fight. I, I don't think can Henry Cejudo control Aljamain Sterling on the ground. Probably, I, I think he can, but on the feet, again, it's so close. I, I like I, I like Cejudo's boxing. Aljamain Sterling, you saw him throw it away against Peter Yan. There's so many intangibles in this fight that it's hard to kind of keep up with. This is a fight, I will say, I've got a couple other strong stands. I am washing my hands at this fight, and that I am definitely stacking missing cash games, and I am definitely playing it about even on DraftKings. This is not a spot I'm going to take my stand. I'm going to decide what I want to do down down there in the Parker Porter range and up top of Mobzar and run my lineups. Um, this is not a place I'm going to take a stand. So hopefully these guys can give you all a little more help. Um, Joe, we'll start with you for the main event. Yeah, Who's I'm, I'm on Sterling here. I, I, I like the size advantage. I like the frequency of competition. I like the quality of competition. Um, I like Sterling. I mean, uh, when you see my... When you when I give you my parlay at the end of this shortly, um, you know you'll see. Um, I like Sterling to win here. I actually like him to win by finish. Uh, give me Sterling here. I will have shares of Cejudo. Uh, I am not stacking this fight in cash. I'm going in a different direction, but um, I do like uh, I like Sterling a bit here. Um, I like this fight more than I like the other five round fight. Um, I'm more confident in Sterling than I am in Burns, um, but. Let's see what happens. There was apparently a confrontation at the hotel between the Sterling, between Sterling and Cejudo scamps. So that's kind There's of interesting. Conf- There's always a confrontation. Yeah, I, I like yeah, that. This is essentially a home fight for Sterling. I mean, he's, you know, he trains with Sierra Longo in Long Island. This is, uh, you know, in New Jersey. It's he's, there's no travel. There's no adapting. Cejudo's coming from the West Coast. He's part of Fight Ready Good Camp with Santino DeFranco, um, you know, and Eddie Cha. Um, I'm sure he's going to be prepared, but, you know, he, he has been training wrestlers. Um, so I don't I expect him to be in shape. I expect his cardio to be on point. But I just think Sterling is the better fighter. So give me Sterling here. Chris, take us home. So I'm going to go almost in the exact opposite direction. Um, whereas Joe likes um, the size of Sterling, I like the speed of Henry Cejudo. I think it's going to get it done. I like the leg kicks of Henry Cejudo. Um, And kind of, kind of what I said about Burns applies here, where it's like, when's the last time you saw Aljamain Sterling win a high level fight when he couldn't out grapple the person he was fighting? Because I can't, I can't recall one. I don't think he's going to be able to out grapple Henry Cejudo. Um, Finish, finish Peter Young on the feet in the fourth round. What are you talking about? (laughs) 
what a finish it was. The the only the only finish that occurred because he got his somebody got their head smashed in. He finished finish. him in the he finished him on the feet. I don't know what you're talking about. It's true. Well, no, I I, I, I don't you, recall the rest of that fight. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. I um I think that it, Henry is gonna have more than I I'm the kind of guy I always favor speed over power if the speed is significant enough and I think it will be here and I think that um, the length isn't going to be enough because I think Henry's going to find his way inside and I think Henry is good in the clinch if it gets there and his takedown defense has been pretty legendary his fights with uh, Joe Benavidez etc etc so I think that um, if Sterling can't grapple you I just don't really see where he's dangerous and I don't think he's going to be able to successfully grapple here thus I have to take Henry Cejudo. Does he then go up and beat Volkanovski? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> what the quadruple C? Exactly. I mean, I mean that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's what we got for the UFC 288 breakdown. Hot takes time. If you're first time listener or watcher, first of all, welcome. Where the hell you been? Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel on the podcast. This is the part of the show where we tell you something unlikely we expect to happen. If you're on YouTube now and watching live, uh, give us a give, give us a type. Types up, man. We will share. I'll share a few of my favorites. I'll pick. I have the power here. Although Chris can click on whatever he wants, but usually right, if I say I'm, I'm, I'm a benevolent dictator, it, you can you can go ahead. He, he has to bring it up. So uh, let us know if you got any. Why you guys think we will spit out ours, Joe? The the Fellow degenerate that he is, has got to have a parlay for us. I have right it. Away, big guy. I'm go. calling this. The, I'm calling this the Jason parlay um, from the the gentleman who who actually uh, who I'm tailing. Uh, it is uh, Sterling to win by submission uh, plus four hundred. Jessica Andraj to win by KO, TKO, DQ or submission plus one sixty five, and Bilal Muhammad to win by decision. That that will pay you thirty eight point seventy five to one. Wait, didn't you so, pick Gilbert Burns? What? Yeah, it doesn't Gilbert matter. Burns? This is a part. This is a parlay. It doesn't matter okay. who you. It doesn't matter right. who you pick to win. Um, but yeah, I, I think if Bahal, if Bilal wins, he'll win by decision. So right, right, right. That's plus two hundred. Um, so that will pay you again thirty eight point seventy five to one. My right. my hot take for the day is that Braxton Smith. Swings from his ankles and knocks Parker Porter out inside of thirty seconds. He will. He will knock his head into the first row if he connects. It'll if he connects exactly. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm gambling. We love to gamble here. He's going to yeah. swing from his ankle. If he's going to land, on, I think he's going to land, and Parker Porter is going to visit his dead relatives. It's. It, it will be something. I'm going to give you guys a two for or a three for, depending on how you look at it. Um, Jandroba by submission, which last I checked was plus four fifty. And um, a pretty hot one that doesn't have to do with fighters because I, I give you guys fighters all the time. But um, let's go DK. Let's go DFS here. Neither of the five-round fights will end up on the optimal lineup. Oh, buddy. That'd be interesting. Yes, I could see that happening, though. I really could. That is, that is that's, a hot That's a good hot take, actually. Hot, hot. I, hot, hot I don't take. bring the slouchers, guys. You know, you know me. I could see that happening. I, I really yeah. could. There are just too many better inside the distance fights out there, so I, I could certainly see that happening. All right, no, nope, nobody in YouTube. 
Come on, guys. Fire something at me. Anything. I'm going to bring up the comment again. This is Chris's hair. Non usually has a hot take. I don't think so. I don't, let's, let's, let's get a joke take at least. So tell me something about like an eye poke. It's going to finish a fight or something. That's Come not on, funny. That's not, that's not funny. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I actually, I have a, a good, okay. So this fight, something fluke is going to happen because I'm going to be in attendance. So we're going to, Quick story time before you get out of here. So if you haven't seen in, in my office, I have posters, you can kind of see up, up here, of all the fights I've attended. So I will be getting another one from from this fight. The one I don't have up right now, which one is missing? There's one missing at the moment. I can't remember which one it is. Shit. Well, the ones I have right now, I have Cejudo Dillashaw, where Cejudo wins in, 12, in 20 seconds. We got Adesanya Pereira, the first one. Oh, I know which one is missing. Fuck, because I have to talk about it again. So the first Adesanya Pereira fight um, where Adesanya was winning the whole time and Pereira pulls victory from the Josh defeat. I was also, I got the Pereira, I got the um, Adesanya Cannoneer fight. Sucked. Sucked. Yes, it did. And that's, so that's, that's one of the curses. I think the Zahuda one counts as a curse because we were all expecting a great fight ended in 10 seconds. It was anticlimactic. We got Habib Tony. Or yeah, that fight happened. I, I watched Habib Ma Ayakinta. And then over here I got Cormier, Derek Lewis, where Cormier, I don't remember this, the line dropped on Cormier over a dollar on fight day because he blew his back out and beat Derek Lewis with a bad back. So something when I attend fights. Fucked up happens. Well, first of all, I have to take issue with something you said. I don't know if you listened to Joe Rogan call that fight, but uh, Ally Aquinta almost beat Habib, and that was how we knew that Connor was was going to beat Khabib too. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. I was, I was second. We were, we were second row for that, thinking it's pay up, marquee fight. Well, Joe Rogan was was high on horse urine during that fight. I right, mean, you well, know, I, 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 mean, I don't. I can't know. blame him. He's got to watch. That was that was the start of a, of a long decline for. Uh, but my hot take is something bizarre is happening in this Cejudo story. Well, let's wrap this up. I need to have dinner and uh, actually work on some. I'm, I'm getting well, he did. He did. Yeah. because I, I need to pull out my. I need to pull out the canceled fighters and remake some rainmaker lineups. So. Uh, right. So we got to get out of here so Joe can work on his lineups. That's so, right. As soon as we do that, guys, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Follow all of us on Twitter. Thank you guys for joining us. Joe and Chris, thank you for your great analysis. And Joe, I mean, Chris, thanks for not saying anything ridiculous this week. You Nothing know, too I, crazy. You know, I try to get in at least one or two. I'm falling behind. I apologize. There'll be some really wacky stuff next month, I swear. Awesome. Sounds great. I will see you guys next time. Thank Peace. you guys for joining us. That's what we got for Fight IQ. Peace. Thanks, everybody.